You're listening to Heritage Radio Network. Since 2009, HRN podcasts have been exploring the wide world of food, beverage, and agriculture. Learn more at heritageradionetwork.org. This episode is brought to you by Tabard Inn, new American cuisine in one of Washington, D.C.'s oldest hotels, located in DuPont Circle. For more information, visit tabardinn.com. This episode is brought to you by Route 11 Potato Chips. Made with a secret recipe and superior ingredients, their mission is to make an outstanding product in a safe and clean environment. To learn more, visit rt11.com. Um, hello, welcome to Life's a Banquet. It's a podcast about everything edible, spreadable, and pourable. And it's starring me, your co-host, uh, Keanu Reeves from The Matrix. <laughs> and me, Keanu Reeves from Point Break. Ooh, good Keanu Reeves. I truly thought you were going to say Keanu Reeves from The Lighthouse. Just kidding. I met The Lake House. <laughs> oh, <laughs> From To the Lighthouse, the Virginia Woolf book. <laughs> no, the lighthouse, the one with Willem Dafoe and Robert Pattinson, where they like... Oh, they play mermaids. Dead seagulls. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. It's a remake of Mermaids with Cher. <laughs> and I have something I want to share with you. Oh, okay, good. Um, I am trying to work myself out of a deep, dark depression. So I have taken to bacon... Baking. Not bacon. That is not bacon. I've used no bacon yet. But um, I just concocted what I feel like is maybe the most delicious bread I've ever made, which is a sour cream and onion focaccia. No, I saw that this morning as I woke up and scrolled through Instagram in my morning ritual. <laughs> well, I know. That's the problem. That's actually probably contributing to my bad mood. But um, I, yeah, it just came out of the oven. It's it fantastic. Good. I was like, too many raw onions. What will happen? But then it all seemed fine. They got cooked. At the end. Yeah. They got cooked. You'd love it. You're going to love the way you look in this focaccia. <laughs> Slathered in onions and cream. How are you? I'm fine. It's finally not boiling hot here today. So that's good. It is raining, of course. Yeah. I reached a, a literal boiling point the other day where I'm like, <laughs> and I'm the kind of person who can usually just like be outside no matter what. I love the summer. I love being hot. It's like never too hot for me. I'm like, yay, it's not cold. But I was so hot the other day. Like I, my heart started racing and I was worried I would pass away from heat stroke. (laughs) And so I like crawled into my bed in the middle of the day and put on what has become my new favorite show, the Kardashians. Oh no, you're watching it. Wait, I thought they canceled it. No, they did a new season. They did a season that came out. I'd never like watched Keeping Up with the Kardashians ever. Um, but let me tell you, if you like me are having a hard time uh, getting through each day because of the world crumbling around you, <laughs> may I suggest a brain break called the Card Le Kardashians? Well, I don't know if that would be my vibe. I feel like they're. I just don't like the way those shows are structured. I agree, and I've never watched really a reality show in my life. I think I watched the Ozzy Osbourne one, like, back in the day, and, of oh, course, yeah. the real world. But, like, I've never watched, like, The Housewives. I'm I'm not – it's completely not my vibe, but I was, like – I kept trying to watch things that had some kind of importance to them or, like, good acting. And then I was, like, nope, 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 can't do it. I'm panicking. And so I just put on the Kardashians, and my life changed. Okay. And I still don't feel well, but I feel – because now it's over. I watched all the episodes. Oh, no. <laughs> well, can't you start at, like, season one of the original show, which has, like, 4,000 seasons? Yeah, I could. It's not the same, really. I mean, this just seems... I did try watching an episode of Keeping Up with the Kardashians, and it just... It was missing something that this had. A little je ne sais quoi. What's interesting is that I read a review of this new <clears throat> season, and they said the opposite. They said the new season... The new series is missing something because... It just seems like nobody really is into it anymore. That's true. Everybody seemed, it was very thrown together. I was like, what am I even watching? Like, what's the point of this? It was so lame. But I, re- in all seriousness, it actually really allowed me to stop thinking for That's like good. 45 minutes at a time, which I really needed. And I was like, I see the value in this for this oh, sure. specific reason. I'm not saying people should watch it. I just don't. 
particularly like it. I've been watching all of the Umbrella Academy, though, which is like many hours of my life because they're 10 episodes long and there's three seasons and I've completed them all. But that helped me get through my dark period. But well, now I don't have TV anything. And now I don't have anything to watch, though. I started watching The Tourist. It's not very good. What's I mean, The Tourist? Is that about J-Lo and Ben Affleck on their honeymoon in Paris? <laughs> no, I did see the pictures of that, though. Um, no, it's Jamie Dornan, I think his name is, um, who's like the serial killer in that other show with Scully from, you know. Um, the X-Files. The X-Files. The X-Files. Um, he basically, everything sounds good. He wakes up with amnesia after a dude in a semi crashes into his car in the middle of the Australian outback. And while he's trying to figure out who he is, people are trying to kill him. And he's like, you guys, why are you trying to kill me? I don't, can you just tell me what the deal is? And they're like, no, I'm going to kill you. But. Whoa. Kind of like memento. Yes. Um. Without the tattoos. But he, there are some good characters in it, um, but I just couldn't really, it just like, it's too slow. So then I decided well, I'm going to watch a show called Sasquatch. Which, ah, amazing. How can you go wrong? A big hairy Sasquatch? Well, it's a documentary about this unsolved murder in Northern California, but it also is about how California is super fucked up. <laughs> Yeah, and fucking teeming with Sasquatches. They're everywhere. Yeah, they are everywhere. Um, yeah, it's basically about how like a lot of right-wing people live in California. And I haven't even watched it yet, but it sounds good. Well, that's interesting, and I will watch that too. But, you know, it's kind of the way people think about, right, like California and New York, as though there are these big, you know, whatever, quote, like blue states. But really, like, there's some of the most conservative people live in California and New York. Yeah. It's I mean, New York is essentially a red state. Yeah. So I'm intrigued to see what happens. It's basically, it's also about the really psychotic stuff going on with weed farming there. And there's basically like a land grab going on right now, which I didn't even think about um, when they legalized marijuana. So people are like, basically the, the unsolved murder is of three people who are working on a, a cannabis farm. I actually know this story. I remember hearing it on some podcast like long ago, but I don't remember it exactly. Yeah. Well, chances are a Sasquatch did not in fact eat them, but we'll see what happens. (laughs) Dude, I mean, have we learned nothing from Harry and the Hendersons? (laughs) Well, he was in Oregon, wasn't he? Yeah, but he could have gotten to California by now. That's true. Or whenever this murder happens. I don't know how long Sasquatches live. Okay, now here's a real serious question about Sasquatch. <laughs> Are, is there supposed to only be one Sasquatch? Like, you know, there's only one Frankenstein, or is it like a Sasquatch? Like, um, are there multiple Sasquatch? I believe Sasquai? there are multiple Sasquatch. Okay, great. So they could be anywhere. And who is starting these forest fires? Have we even asked ourselves those questions? Well, Sasquatches? Here's what I think. I think that it's an inside job. I think Smokey the Bear is starting the fires. Oh, he's an uh, like an arsonist. Like he just wants like firefighters who start fires because they just want the like <laughs> credit of going to put them out. He's like, only you can prevent forest fires because I am starting them. <laughs> what an evil fucking bear! What a masochist continuing to burn down his own home over and over and over again. Actually, he probably lives in some like glossy mansion. Yeah, he in probably Sacramento. Has, yeah, he probably has a ton of cash. Yeah, he's a rich-ass bear. From all those years of being the spokesperson <laughs> for trees or whatever. <laughs> the forest. He's working for Big Forest, and now we know the secret's out. We are revealing secrets left and right. <laughs> What's next? Nicole, have you got any celeb gossip for us today? Well, yeah, very strange to just Google celebrity gossip and see what turns up. And go Next week, <laughs> I want to do a little bit more targeted research. So, first of all, Paul Sorvino is dead. Mm, R.I.P. <sighs> yeah. Um, he, Father of Mira Sorvino. He was in Romeo and Juliet. <laughs> That's his most famous yeah, role. <laughs> yes, known for being uh, 
what who is Julia Julia oh my god Claire Danes I meant to say not Julia I was like between Juliet and Claire Danes I said <laughs> Julia he's Julia Louis Dreyfus's father famously he plays Julia Louis Dreyfus's father in Romeo and Juliet yes <laughs> and the original title was Romeo and Julia Louis Dreyfus at <laughs> They changed it. Um, and then the other big news that I found is that Blake Lively posted a swimsuit Instagram, like an Instagram of her in a swimsuit, to advertise some non-alcoholic sparkling beverage. And there was a bunch of sharks in the video. So everyone of her fans is now having nightmares. <laughs> oh, my God. Well, there is a – I don't know if you've been keeping up with the Kardashians, but there's a big – shark problem out here on Long Island. Yeah. Many bites. I have um, a shark tracker app on my phone. Mm, oh, I have that too because you told me about it. And then, so now, just in the last couple of weeks, I started getting alerts constantly because it basically tells you every time there's a sighting and the beach is closed. We saw when the, well, I wasn't with my stepdad. We went to the beach on Saturday and my parents went back on Sunday and they saw, like, there was, like, a police boat, a cab, um, and like helicopters, and I guess they were trying to stab a shark to death offshore somewhere. But then my stepdad saw a fin. They were gonna stab it to death? Yeah, that's what they do. They find it and they just stab it or strangle it. Why? I'm kidding, I'm kidding. Oh. I think they tag it. I think they tag it or something and then shoo it away. Um, yeah, well, somebody said that we don't really need to worry about them that much. They're, they're, close, yeah. they're closer to shore because of global warming, but they're probably still not gonna eat you. Yes, and they're also closer to shore in Long Island because of conservation efforts um, that have happened since 2018 to clean up the water around um, Long Island, and it's, like, worked. So the water is much, much clearer, and that's another reason there are too many sharks. If you go out, like, the past year, or, like, even last year when I was out at Moses, the water is, like, crystal clear. It looks like the Caribbean. It's wild. Weird. Um, Yeah. But do you say people have been bitten by sharks out there? Mm-hmm. Yeah, somebody got bit, like a 16-year-old kid got bit, um, and then a great white shark, a baby great white, uh, washed up on the shore in Quag, which is in the Hamptons. Was it dead? Mm-hmm, it was dead, and then it was pulled right back into the sea. By a shark? <laughs> By a bigger shark. Its mom? Its mom came to get it. I was like, oh, I got it. I making up a funeral for you. <laughs> It's crazy looking, though. I like it. I mean, look, I don't want to get eaten by a shark. I've been very conservative with my swimming. But um, I love that the sharks are taking back the earth. And I hope they come start coming on land and fighting people there as well. Because <laughs> we're not doing anything good. So we deserve to be punished by sharks. That's how I see it. Yeah. If I saw a shark walking on land, I'd be like, okay, I guess this is it. <laughs> Time to die. Oh, speaking of which, I watched the new James Bond movie. Spoiler alert. It, I don't ever watch James Bond movies. Is it called Time to Die? I think it's called, like, No Time to Die or... It's practically like Time to Die. Might as well just die already. Um, <laughs> and I really, like, I haven't watched a James Bond movie, you know, since I don't even remember when. But um, my parents wanted to watch it, so we watched it. It was really fun. And then fucking James Bond dies in the end. Um, I think you're supposed to say spoiler alert before you say that. I did. I said that. I said spoiler alert. Oh. <laughs> or just earlier. Um, he dies. And I was like, why in this time in human history, when everything is so bleak, do we also need James Bond to die in the end of the movie? It was so sad. I couldn't believe it. And Daniel Craig lives in my neighborhood. So next time I pass him, I'm going to take this up with him on the street. Well, it says, it says no time to die. That's the name of the movie. So it's sort of a misnomer. It's an he, extreme misnomer. He clearly found the time to die. <laughs> yeah, he's like, this seems like a good time to die. And we're like, wait a minute, buddy. Come he back. dies? So I, James Bond is over? He dies. I just thought that it was got, Daniel Craig's last James Bond. I didn't realize it was, he's like, if I can't be James Bond, no one can be James Bond. Well, I think they're going to have a woman 007, because some, uh, there was like a woman who was like, played 007 in the movie, like she had gotten his number or something. I don't know. Again, I'm not like really up on all this stuff, but I think she's going to take over as like the new 007, although she's not James Bond unless she changes her name legally because, I mean, he's dead. He doesn't need it anymore. That's true. She could change her name to James because there's that famous actress who's named James. Or Bames John. Bames is also a great name. Also, they said in things dying that the Chaco Taco is discontinued. 
I know, devastating. The Choco Taco is a wonderful treat. Although when I heard this news, I was like, who's really getting Choco Tacos nowadays? Like, who's keeping this, you know, business afloat? Ice cream trucks. Right. But like, you know, I don't think ice cream trucks are as popular as they used to be. And I just like, I don't really think Choco Taco, I don't think like this generation fucking has any appreciation for Choco Tacos. And that's too bad because they were delicious and they're shaped like a fucking taco. What else do you want? I mean, honestly, I just think that why would they bother discontinuing them? Like, why can't they just make them? Like, how many people eat Klondike bars? Barely anyone, but they still make Klondike well, that's bars. That's like the worst. Klondike bars are the worst frozen dessert ever created. I love opinion. Klondike bars. I wouldn't do anything for a Klondike bar. In fact, I'd do something to get away from a Klondike bar. I enjoy a Klondike bar a lot, but the problem is when ah. you, as you eat it, it melts in your hand and that's annoying. Um, it's ridiculous. It needs a stick. <clears throat> it, it does. Or a taco shell, which is essentially a choco taco is essentially a Klondike bar in a, ta- in a waffle cone shell. With nuts. With nuts. Yeah. What's on a Klondike bar? Like Krispies? Just plain chocolate. I, th- I always thought there was like a crunchy textured layer. No. I mean, I think the originals are just plain. There might be different just variations. Yeah. Mm. And you know what I love? What? Chipwich. Chipwitch is the best. I don't know what that is. <gasps> Mercy me, I'm aghast. I'm aghast <laughs> in my own podcast. You're really blurry. Um, I can't tell what your facial expression is. <laughs> I'm smiling from ear to ear. Um, so <laughs> I, uh, uh, Chipwitch, Nicole, is Earth's most delicious frozen treat you can get the from an ice cream truck. Ice cream it's sandwich? Cookie. Yeah. Yeah, with cookies and little chips on the edges. I like um, the... Snickers ice cream bars. Those are fucking dank. Those are del- those are really good. I really want one of those right now. I wonder, can I Me even too. find those? I guess the regular grocery store probably has those. Yeah, the regular grocery store would definitely have them. Those are absolutely delicious. And you know, uh, I'm kind of a sicko, so I also do have like a special place in my heart for those really terrible strawberry shortcake. Oh no, I like, like those. The, the goody ones. On the mm-hmm. Yeah, no, those yeah, are those delicious. Are delicious. Okay, good. I'm glad we can agree. And I know I'm going to say something. I can almost guarantee you're not going to like this, but a creamsicle is for me. No, I don't like that. I knew it. Good How right. did I know you didn't like a creamsicle? I don't I like orange and cream mixed together. It's against God's plan. You know what? I generally would agree with you, but there's something that's just been burned into my brain about a creamsicle that I find delicious. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Okay, now that's quite enough. Do we have anything else to say about celebrity gossip or should we get into this topic today? Because I'm going to tell you something, Nicole. I have, I have a lot to say. Okay. I think you are going to have a lot to say too. In fact, <laughs> this is not going to be so much of a retelling as a conversation between two old women who <laughs> used to love to party. <laughs> um, it's going to be great. Great. I'm ready. I'm ready. No more celebrity gossip this year. Okay, thank the Lord. Now, let's take an early break because we're not going to want to, like, you know, stop our combo. So we're going to take a quick break now, and we will be right back. This episode is brought to you by Tabard Inn. Tabard Inn, Washington, D.C.'s quintessential hotel, is located on a quiet, tree-lined street just five blocks from the White House. Vibrant yet unassuming, the tabard is comprised of 35 sleeping rooms, each unique in character and design. Feast on an eclectic American cuisine in their acclaimed restaurant, or enjoy a cocktail served on the beautiful patio, which has ample room for social distancing. Travelers from around the world find the tabard the only place to stay when taking their travels to Washington. For more information, visit tabardin.com. This episode is brought to you by Root 11 Potato Chips. From the moment Root 11 dropped their first batch of chips back in the early days of 1992, they understood their destiny as a high-quality producer. Instead of succumbing to the frenzy of mass production, they took advantage of their small size and made chipping a personal art form. The payoff was immediate, an incredible potato chip. With a secret recipe and superior ingredients, their mission is to make an outstanding product in a safe and clean environment. In this world of uncertainty that we live in, Root 11 potato chips believe comfort food can be just that. Know where your food comes from. 
To learn more, visit RT11.com. And we're back. And I brought a uh, little tiny baggie of cocaine for us to slip into the bathroom and do before I get into my story. Yay, thank you. I know, I figured we could use it because today, Nicole, we are going to reminisce about a very popular part, a very like special part of both of our upbringings. But first, I'm going to bring you back to Williamsburg, Brooklyn. <laughs> uh, we, I remember it when it used to all be farmland. That's right, folks. We're here at Williamsburg in the early aughts. Now, I personally moved to Williamsburg uh, in the year 2005, 2004, 2005. When did you move there? Or to like... you? Bushwick or wherever. Well, I moved to Bushwick in 2005 or 2004. I can't remember. And then I moved back. I only stayed for about a couple of months and then I'm, you know, like nine months or something. And then I moved back to Williamsburg proper in 2008. Okay, great. So as I, I already knew, but just to inform our listener who probably already knows, uh, we were both at, in this area at this time. In what Honestly, and without irony, was the heyday. It was a lot of fun back in the day, and I'm glad that I get to spend this time here in my youth, even though looking back at it now is embarrassing, slightly. (laughs) It was very, very fun. Um, And it's very weird to see what it's become today. I really don't like having to go over there, to be honest, and not to be a negative Nancy, but, I mean, there's some things that are in Williamsburg which are still, I don't know, fun to do, like going to Belantes. Oh, yeah, and Commodore. And, of course, the Commodore, which will never age out. But I'm going to remind you just quickly before I get into my actual topic of a couple of the places of yesteryear, which many of are closed, um, but were near and dear to my heart, and I'm sure yours. So jump in at any time if you want to recall memory from any of these places. Enid's. Oh, yeah. Rest in peace. Rest in peace. We're in Greenpoint where you could go. And that opened really early on. That was, like, early, early 2000s. And it was, like you know, sit at brunch and get wasted and then go back at night for like a crazy, crazy dance party. Mm -hmm. Um, Very fun. Still in operation, basically across the street from where Eden's used to be, is Matchless. Wait, are they still in operation? I think so. I think Matchless is still there, yeah. I thought they closed. Maybe, but and I, if they did, it was very recently. Okay. Um, And then there was a place where me and my friends spent a lot of time. I don't know if you remember, it was on Kent Avenue. It was like a huge backyard. There's always crazy parties there. It was called Miss Williamsburg. Miss Williamsburg? Yeah, it was called Miss Williamsburg. It was like on the, uh, it was on the north side on like 12th and like Kent. And it had like a little restaurant and then a huge backyard. When the restaurant would close, you'd have to go through the kitchen to like go to the bathroom. If you were like the backyard and the bar was still like going on, it was like barely a real place you know what I mean it was kind of like it wasn't like a rest like it was a restaurant but it was barely a restaurant um um no I don't remember that place but Matchless is in fact closed and has been since 2018 oh that sucks (laughs) um well anyway I thought it was still open that's so weird anyway so um we would you'd have to go through the kitchen once this place closed get to the bathroom and like we you know in the summertime like if you were doing cocaine sometimes it get really sticky so we'd like be in this restaurant kitchen like using the microwave to like dry out cocaine like partying and like this is what the it really was like all farmland and then there was that place cokies which had a room that sold actual coke mm-hmm. i never went to cokies now yeah which is now the levy cokies with a k yeah there was relish do you remember relish mm-hmm. Relish is on White Avenue, and it was, like, that um, silver diner car, and now it's Luscania. Oh, yeah. <clears throat> I went there. I didn't – I thought it was – it was called something else in between Luscania and Relish, I believe. Okay, well, it was Relish for a long time, and I loved it. They used to have delicious veggie burgers, and I would go there all the time. Okay, obviously this one, you know, Black Betty, which is now the Commodore. Yes, Black Betty. They had an amazing bathroom in there. <laughs> Such a great bathroom, and it was, like, um, Middle Eastern, and then also would turn into a dance party. So you'd yes. be, like, eating hummus, and then all of a sudden people would be, like, raging around you and, like, making out and doing yeah. drugs. A lot of drugs back in this time period. Not like now. Um, 
Not like now, and it's totally chill. I mean, I guess I'm not doing drugs now, so I figure nobody else is. Well, um, they just had a giant was... Shrek rave. I'm pretty sure they're still doing drugs. Oh, my God. I can't believe we didn't talk about the Shrek rave. <laughs> I saw that. I was like, you know what? I kind of love this, even though I've never seen Shrek. I do love the word Shrek. <laughs> I love, like, Shrek-flavored things. Like, you would always say like, Shrek Slurpees and, like, Shrek pancakes, Shrek cereal. I'm like, Shrek is such a funny flavor for something because <laughs> it's a monster. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I don't know how I feel about the Shrek rave. I just guess because I wasn't invited. I'm sad about it. <laughs> it's the end of the world. They let them have a Shrek rave. Um, okay, so Bonita, of course, oh, one yeah. of my Uncle Charlo's early restaurants, that Mexican restaurant, which was so fun. It was, I thought it was delicious then. Um, absolutely loved it. And, of course, Dumont, RIP. Dumont. And RIP to the owner of Dumont. There's Diner, which is still there. There's Kellogg's which is still there. And then I just put these in the middle, even though these aren't foods or places. Cheap Monday jeans, Urban Outfitters, and Gaucho pants. <laughs> cheap Monday. Oh, my God. I forgot about Cheap Monday. Multicolored tortilla chips. Oh, yeah. Those um, are still cool, though. The Trader Joe's yeah. ones are good. Tofu. Oh, okay, this was a sandwich that I used to always get at Hana. Do you know Hana Food on Metropolitan? That's Ali. Yeah, I think that really sandwich delivered. was called the Shrek. Oh my god, get the fuck out of here. It was tofu, honey mustard, and brie and sprouts and a wrap. Oh, the one that I used to get was on a sandwich where it was like tofu and pesto and it, I'm pretty sure it was called Mr. I think it's still, well, no, they changed all their sandwiches, but. Um, I love that place. And they deliver 24-7 and we used to like get food delivered there at like four in the morning and like sandwiches and it was great. Yeah, they would deliver and you could get cigarettes delivered too. Yeah, so you can get a cigarettes lover, which is fucking clutch, especially when you are doing drugs. Um, and then some <laughs> of the great bar, bars of the time, Royal Oak, which used to have an actual room in the middle, which was called a Coke room where everyone would just sit around and do cocaine. Yes. Uh, not me, but other people. Um, yes, it definitely, then, it was tofu cutlet, avocado, and pesto, the Shrek sandwich at Hanau. <laughs> oh my God, dude, who knew Shrek was going to be such an underlying theme of this episode? I love it. Welcome, Shrek. Welcome to the show. <laughs> um, and then Sweet Ups, uh, like, of course, PBR, Modelo, Four Loco, Biscuits and Gravy, Sea Thai, The Lodge. Do you remember The Lodge where, like, Leo is now? It used to be that place called The Lodge. Oh, yeah. I used to go there all the time, even though it was so expensive. They had great tater tots. I loved it there, and I had such a crush on one of the owners, and now I'm like, yeah, okay, like, just looked... I don't know. I shouldn't say anything about him. I just had a crush on the owner. That was definitely... I, like, threw, I threw myself at him, and he did not like me. Definitely, like, post-cocaine brunch vibe. Like, just everyone's done Absolutely. doing coke, and they're at the lodge, eating tater tots. Mm-hmm. Eating, drinking, like, five Bloody Marys and eating biscuits and gravy with ketchup on it. I remember um, also when they got rid of their tater tots briefly, and I was so upset, and I talked to my server about it, and he was like, here, sign this petition to bring the tater tots <laughs> back because everyone's pissed and the owner's an idiot. And so I did, and they brought them back. Oh my god, that's amazing. Um, I remember I was sitting outside there one time having brunch and a fucking rat crawled into some woman's purse that was right next to me. <laughs> that sounds adorable. Ter- terrible. It's like a start of like some kind of it's like I think that's how the Shrek started. Um Okay, and then M Shanghai, Pete's Candy Store, Trash Bar, Clem. Trash bar just to name a few. I know. Aww. Just to name a few places. And of course, the turkey's nest. Trash bar is now a workout area, like a gym? Or yeah, something? it's a boxing gym. That's right. <laughs> and it's a boxing gym. Turkey's nest is still there, right? Yes, it is. There were rumors that it was going to close, but I don't think it closed. And no, Cle- I didn't. Um, Clems is still there. And Clems. Mm-hmm. I spent a fucking lot of time at Clems. That was maybe one of my biggest hangouts, except for the next hangout that you may have noticed I left off the list. The most ubiquitous Williamsburg bar of all times, which until about two weeks ago was still open. They are planning to reopen. That's right, Nicole. Union Pool. Oh, right. They caught on fire. They caught on fire. So, but you missed Union so- Pool. Oh, go ahead. No, go ahead. No, please. What? Let's hear. Where I was I thinking of the, the free pizza place where you didn't you sit there oh alligator lounge no not alligator it was on actual um seventh avenue or seventh whatever the main drag is in williamsburg oh north seventh yeah yeah. Um, Um, it was like a metal rosemary's yes no rosemary's Rosemary's. is is the pizza place this place is a bar like a metal bar yeah Mm -hmm. i know you're talking about on bedford yeah oh it's on bedford not seventh that's right it's on bedford yeah i think it's called rosemary's i'm pretty sure no rosemary's was like the dive bar 
Oh, okay. Hmm. This I'm, like, place... having trouble remembering. Oh, man, I can't believe I don't remember this. They gave you free pizza. I know what you're talking about. And then Alligator Lounge also gave you free pizza. And, of course, Metropolitan, the greatest gay bar of all time. So fun with margaritas. Yes. Brett and saw Bjork there. <laughs> That's really funny. Crazy. And, I mean, there's, like, a shit ton of other places. I'm forgetting. What was that restaurant that was, like, in the Moto? Remember Moto on Broadway? Oh, yeah. We used to always go there. Even though I don't think it was very good. <laughs> no, it was pizza, very good. But right? it was just... No, no. It was, like... No, it wasn't pizza. It was just, like, whatever. New American. New food. American. And then Zebulon. Oh, Zebulon. Are they still there? Uh, I don't know. Maybe. And then I'm thinking of one other place. What was the place that had the sand on the floor on, like, North 7th? Oh, my God. In Bedford? I can't remember that place. Rudy broke the, Rudy broke the toilet there and was banned for life. And then there was <laughs> um, Sweetwater, like, the first, like, one of the, you know, like, pseudo-fancy restaurants. Down yeah, which on was North terrible. 7th. Yeah, it was not good. Um, There's also... But, yeah, just a couple. The, um... Your friend's bar, the girls dancing on the bar. Oh, yeah. The Tender Trap. But that wasn't really... that They didn't open that until, like, 2010. <clears throat> oh, okay. Or maybe later. So it says mid-aughts. Um, but we'll, I'm sure we'll think of more as the episode goes on. But my <laughs> topic today is Union Pool. Oh, now, okay. I was... My topic is Union Pool. Um, Union Pool is... The Charleston... That's the a Charleston. Point. That's the thing. Thank the Lord. I'm glad you remember. <laughs> yes, the Charleston. And then there is the Gibson, which was down where my yeah. friend Kyle used to work. Um, okay. So anyway, I want to talk to you today about Union Pool. Now, I used to live around the corner from Union Pool, which almost ended my life several times <laughs> uh, back in the day. I lived like two blocks away from Union Pool. And we would go there all the fucking time all the time it was the hangout was the place like maybe you'd go other places the night but you would always at some point end up at union pool and it was always like a crazy fucking scene they had the photo booth they had the outside where you'd smoke a full pack of cigarettes with like an illegal fire pit back there this is before <laughs> taco truck days this is days when like you were sure to meet a freak daddy where like the yeah would like roll up and like play a show I've seen every fucking cool band from that time period there. I've done mountains of blow. I've <laughs> done nefarious things in the bathroom with people, even though you're not allowed to go, go to the bathroom with people. I've made friends with the bouncers, the bartenders. I've, I, it was like my spot. How do you feel about Union Pool? What are your memories about Union Pool? I didn't hang out there as much as you did, um, but we definitely went there a lot. It was just like the place to go to the point yes, where it became you, like, no one wanted to go there anymore. <laughs> yeah, it became like, oh my God. So I met one of my boyfriends that I dated for four years at Union Pool. I met Marty at Union Pool. Marty, like uh, Marty fame, mm-hmm. you know, everyone's <laughs> yeah. favorite bartender, Marty. Yeah. And we like, you know, hooked up for a while because we met at Union Pool. Um, so many fucking things happened there. One time I was there and like we met this guy who was wearing like, army helmet had this big backpack and we're like what's in the backpack like me and rudy and our friend amanda and um he was like oh well i'm into like taxidermy and he like pulls out like like a bunch of he would like dumpster dive at like vets or something and find like dead animals and like cut them up and sew them together and he had a backpack full of them and then rudy like went home with them i think (laughs) with his army helmet on yeah and like that's the kind of shit that would happen at Union Pool but I've also just like had the best time and like I was just always like such a blast so anyway I was looking for a topic to do and then I came across this article by a wonderful writer Allison Davis who we're like Instagram friends and she's super fucking cool and a great writer and this article is really fun and, and awesome I think it's like a 2018 article it's called how Union Pool became the horny utopia of 2000s Williamsburg. Oh, I adore the charm of a dive bar where everyone feels like they might get laid. Yeah. Um, and so she goes on, Allison goes on to say, and thank you for this article, Allison, because it was a joy to read. It was like jumping back into history. And I basically just got everything from my story from this article and my own brain. Um, so she talks about how she moved to Brooklyn and partied at Union Pool, breaks up with her boyfriend shortly thereafter. Um, and she says, quote, and in the immediate hours of my breakup devastation, I went back to Union Pool for the exact reason everyone knows to go to Union Pool. That night, I met a hot guy in a poncho and linen pants and got <laughs> thrown out of the bar for breaking Union Pool's only real bylaw, 
only one person in the bathroom at a time. <laughs> Which is a rule I broke in time and time and time and time and time again, but never was kicked out. Um, okay, so it was popular because she says it's popular because it was kind of in the middle of nowhere, and it was at that time. Mm-hmm. Everything was kind of in the middle of nowhere at that time, except for like maybe being on Bedford Ave and stuff. But like, if you went to Sweet Ups, that felt like in the middle of nowhere. If you went to like Bushwick Country Club, that felt like in the middle of nowhere. You know, like everywhere yeah. was like the middle of nowhere, kind of. But it there wasn't a lot going on in like Meeker Ave or whatever. So, and she just, she says, like, Williamsburg was lawless at the time. And I'm, like, I couldn't agree more. That's, like, a perfect way of putting it. Like, you literally could do anything. We used to, like, jump onto, like, trucks and, like, catch tags. We used to, like, do drugs and, like, have sex in the street. I mean, it was It was lawless. It was crazy. Nobody was paying attention. <laughs> right. It was wild. But so fun. Um, okay. So, anyway, it opens in 2000 by Zeb Stewart, who also, like, opened, like, Cafe Colette and Hotel Del Monaco and stuff. But this... This was his first project. So Allison goes on to say, like, you know, it's a notorious hookup bar, right? Like, have you ever gone home with anybody or hooked up with anyone or made out with anyone you pull? No, I don't think so. <clears throat> I think when I was going there a lot, I had a boyfriend. Oh, okay. Got it, got it, got it. Um, I am not, like, a one-night stand. I've never really had a one-night stand, but I've met a lot of people that I, like, dated or, like, had one-night stands of, like, making out with or, like, you know heavy petting (laughs) dry humping yes Um, but yeah I met like my boyfriend Dan there and we dated for a long time he was lovely so Allison says quote I put on some cheap Mondays rode the subway for an hour and finally we stood at the bar and looked over the crowd I was like Mustafa standing with Simba on Pride Rock and explaining that everything that the light touches would be his what where does she live does she have to take the subway for an hour to get to the pool I don't know. That's what I was thinking. Like, maybe she lived on, like, the Upper West Side or something. Or, <laughs> I don't know. Um, so, okay. And this is someone talking from the article. The morning after I ran home with a young woman from Union Pool for the first time, my roommate said to me, quote, Oh, you're a real live New York boy now, remembers uh, Irman O'Neill, 30. The Union Pool hookup is a young New York rite of passage. Couldn't agree more. That person's 30 um, years old, though. <laughs> I know. And I, I mean, this was in 2018, so I guess they'd be 34 now. So they were probably just going to Union Pool when they were a child, like a 13-year-old. Um, <laughs> so Allison says, quote, How exactly did this bar become the stuff of horny legends? And how has it remained the stuff of horny legends? Well, after Williamsburg basically turned into Manhattan, Union Pool's bathrooms, quote, may well prove to be the Chelsea Hotel of our generation, a complex writer once argued on a list of best bathrooms to have sex in in New York City. They might actually qualify as a historical landmark at this point. (laughs) Um, And then she, like, also, she's, like, in the halcyon days before apps, there was one and one person there before the one person in the bathroom at a time policy. And back when that girl still sold tamales from the cooler, it felt like a club and house party um, both environments conducive to free interactions. Um, in terms of hookup accoutrements, it offered a reliably good dance party, plus a, quote, romantic allure of a fire pit in the backyard. <laughs> yeah. So many people reminisce about going home smelling like smoke, Stewart says, Zeb Stewart, the owner. We can still get away with something totally illegal like a fire pit back then. So... There's just, like, tons of hidden corners. Like, I, we used to have a lot of fun uh, in the photo booth and people, like, being like, get the fuck out of the photo booth. And we'd just, like, be in there, like, making out, doing drugs, like, whatever. Do you, uh, like, do you have any full photo booth memories? or? Yeah, I had a lot. And also, I just remember that the photo booth line and the bathroom line were the same line. So you had to, like, figure out which one was which. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, like, remember, I just had, like, a recovered memory of wearing leggings and, like, you know, those, like, vintage, like, black boots that everyone had. They were very yes. basic shape of black boot, and you wear, like, leggings, like, black boots, like, a big, like, kind of, like, ugly sweater in the winter. Yep. And, like, waiting in line at Union Pools. Oh, my God, dude. What a... I don't know <laughs> if I'm, like, traumatized or, like, having, like, a, a wonderful recovered memory or a trauma memory. I think it's a little bit of both. Um, <laughs> so, it was a dark bar with plentiful hidden corners quote i think the dimly lit area and the labyrinth of rooms makes for a mystery says ilana rubin 28 a comedian and actor 
you never know what corner you're going to turn and encounter two people very sneakily trying to finger each other. (laughs) (laughs) I love it. Um, Okay, so then, like, Union Pool, like, as you were saying, right, like, there came a point where no one wanted to go there anymore. I think the last, like, I moved out of Williamsburg in 2009, mm-hmm. and I think, or 2008, and I think, like, the last, I mean, I'm sure I went there, you know, maybe up until, like, 2012. I can't, I don't think I probably really went there very much, especially after I opened Brucey. So, yeah. I think I probably stopped going regularly around, like, 2008, 2009. And they got a taco truck in the back and it kind of started to become a little bit like, I don't know, feel. Well, also Williamsburg started changing, right? So around 2008, they started doing all like the development, different kind of crowds started moving in. It didn't have the same appeal as it used to. And it just, you know, it really changed. Um, Yeah, I think I'm trying to find, I wrote, (laughs) this is embarrassing, of course. I wrote a Yelp review of <gasps> Union Pool. Oh my god! I was trying to find old Yelp reviews. I cannot wait to find this. Oh That's amazing. God. They only have like I. I'm not a Yelp member, so I like could only look at like the most recent ones. Oh my god! It's so long. I wrote this 11 years ago. Oh my god! Please, Lord, <laughs> read the Yelp review. It's very like. <laughs> This is the greatest thing to ever happen on this entire podcast since the time I read my love letter to Leonardo DiCaprio. Oh, God. Okay. Um, It's pretty long. So uh, (laughs) I only gave it two stars. Oh, my God. So I'm – okay, here we go. This is humiliating. So – yeah, it's so here's my review. It's gratifying to vilify hipsters and their sympathizers, especially for me, because the calls are coming from inside the house if you catch my trick. <laughs> Let's do a quick summary. <clears throat> They're snooty, skinny, snarky, bloggy, bearded, smelly. Their band sucks. They have no respect. Their trust funds are too big. They worship the devil. They love no age. You've heard it all before. In fact, by now, surely everyone in the whole world has heard it all before, except for newborn babies and deep sea anglerfish. Oh my, my God, you're the funniest person ever. <laughs> my own personal problem with Union Pool is not the hipster clientele or their rock hot bods. It's simple lack of personal space. You walk in and this place is freaking jammed with bodies, shoulder to shoulder, butt to butt. Don't even think about trying to pee. And it's not just like that on the weekends anymore, my friends. It's every day of the week. My purse is always getting jostled, and I inevitably end up crammed against the wall near the photo booth, sort of half in the bathroom line, not to be mistaken with the photo booth line, accidentally bad touching a dozen strangers. (laughs) (laughs) Listen, pal, I know it's troubling that there are charter buses that bring hundreds of young hip people from not New York City and dump them in Williamsburg every week, and maybe Union Pool is one of the bus stops. But honestly, what are you expecting if not exactly that? <laughs> Dude, that's amazing. I just want to quickly read you. I was trying to find a bunch of like Yelp reviews. The one Yelp review that I could find that I like thought was funny is that this woman said, didn't let us in and were rude to our group solely because we were arrived in a bus. No thanks to this place. <laughs> Literally, it's one of the bus stops. Literally a bus stop from the Upper East Side. <laughs> okay, so wild. So anyway, people started to think it was like became lame because they had like the taco truck and because the clientele started to change. I have always thought it was still like I I think it's I think places change and you can't help when your clientele changes and stuff. But I right. think it's one of those places that in, will endure the test of time and can have many different lives. Definitely. Um, I mean, the clientele also just aged. <laughs> You know, exactly. I mean, we can't expect for a bunch of elderly people, although Alison Davis goes on to say in her article, which I think is a wonderful way of putting it at Union Pool. Anyone can feel a little like Matthew McConaughey and dazed and confused. You get older and Union Pool stays the same. Yeah, but I've never seen an old person there. (laughs) Well, I've been there recently. And I mean, not recently, but I've been there within the last like six years. So an old person has been there. Um, (laughs) So, also, I wanted to mention a really great part of Union Pool is uh, Reverend Vince Anderson, right. who <clears throat> is uh, Millicent's husband. Um, we love Millicent Soros. She's incredible. And her husband, Vince, uh, has had a 20-year or something residency yeah. at Union Pool. To see his performance is 
like truly something not to be missed. If you haven't seen it before, he still performs there when they open back up. Go check him out. It's so There's also fun. It's so awesome. a movie about him I saw. Yeah. I, so I'm, I'm, I have the deets on that. Okay, great. Um, so Wikipedia describes Vince as a New York City based musician. He's a regular show at Union Pool for two decades, which Timeout describes as somewhere between Wesley Willis and Tammy Faye Messner. Uh, his music is described as dirty gospel, and he has been described as a Brooklyn institution. So there is a documentary about him now called The Reverend, currently playing at IFC. I can't wait to see it. I actually watched the trailer, and Millicent is in it, which is so awesome. Um, Union Pool uh, has also – so go check that out. Uh, it's I don't know how long it's playing for, if you can stream it anywhere else, but it's so, so cool. And go see him there live when uh, it opens back up. So Union Pool has also been running a food pantry to help those needs since June 2020, started by Union Pool employees Suzanne Cub and Ryan Sawyer, and provides food for about 150 people every Wednesday. And I unfortunately typically am always working on Wednesdays, but Millicent is always posting about like people going to help. So I know there's like always volunteer opportunities. It's something I'm definitely looking to do. And if you're in the area and you have capacity to help out on a Wednesday, check out, you know, Union Pool's Instagram when they open back up. I don't know if they're maybe still doing it now. Um, and you can lend a hand. Um, so, uh, Suzanne Cub says community is the most important thing that we have right now. Mutual aid is a great way to experience that. And yeah, so it's pretty awesome. And they were inspired to start the pantry by Union Pool's former owner, Alyssa Ibeta, who died six years ago. And non-perishables are provided by St. John's Bread and Life. Um, and Millicent runs the show over there. So it's like a collab effort. And that's pretty freaking awesome. Yeah, it's great. It's super great. Um, so a couple of other things that I wanted to just read about you. I was looking for the um, Yelp reviews or whatever Google reviews, and I couldn't really find any except for the one I read you and the one you just read us, which is incredible. <laughs> um, but there was a big Twitter thread when Allison's article came out um, about like hookups at Union Pool. So I'm just going to read a couple of tweets that people put out. Uh, this one just says, a man once bit my face at Union Pool. End story. <laughs> <laughs> lucky um, this person says just popping in to say once I went on a first date at Union Pool when I was 24 where the guy started talking to another woman around the bonfire within an hour they were making out in front of me so I got drunk on PBR and cried in the bathroom in a strapless velvet dress <laughs> this could have very well been written by me I just remember always like making like such eyes at people there and then like you it was truly like really like a fair, there's some kind of bizarre sexual energy that happens there like making eyes at people and then all of a sudden you're making out it's crazy um this person says i met a professional matt damon lookalike at union pool in 2011 <laughs> we didn't hook up but we did take a photo booth picture together <laughs> and then the last one is they says still waiting to be blackmailed from the pictures taken in the photo booth at union pool and i say to that me as well <laughs> I know. So anyway, super funny, super fun times. Uh, if any of you have any union pool stories that you'd like to share, listener, Mike Sala, please send them on over. Text them to us if you're a personal friend or DM us at Life's Banquet Podcast on Instagram.com. <laughs> so funny. So I don't know. I guess I was wondering, like, what should our top three be? Like top three favorite 2000s bars or restaurants? Sure. Okay. Well, actually, let me just look at my Yelp reviews from that time. Oh, my God. Okay, while you're doing that, I'll say that minor. Um, I guess, and I'm not going to include Bamonte's because I'm just going to include places that were kind of silly in a way. Um, or right at the time. So, I guess my number three was Royal Oak. We would freaking go there all the time. There was always a great dance party there. It was wild. Um, my number two would be Clem's mm -hmm. and my number one I guess I have to say it was probably it was Union Pool I loved Taco Chulo which I would have forgotten about if I hadn't looked at my reviews um oh, yes we also went to Caracas all the time the oh, Arab yeah, the Arapa place yeah mm -hmm. um and we would go to the this is actually in Greenpoint but the place that had free pizza it was like also like a venue in Greenpoint that I cannot remember the name of. Where um, was it? It was on, 
I don't know. It was like the only other place that gave away free pizza and also had like metal shows there. Um, there was also, oh, I used to go to Wilbur Cafe, which is not good, <laughs> but it was oh, just, yeah. and it was in technically, I guess that's East Williamsburg. Um, there was also, I went to the lodge all the time for sure. Loved the lodge. The lodge was like the spot. And the levee. And, we hung out at the levee. And the levee. Yeah, the levee was a, was a spot to hang out as well. I mean, oof, wow, so many places. Oh, and, like, Pies and Thighs was such a thing back in the day. But I loved Pies and Thighs when it used to be a mermaid bar. Do you remember, like, when <laughs> they were in Mermaid Bar in South Six, like, just all the way in the back? No, I don't remember. That's really funny, though. Yeah. That play- also, Mermaid Bar was, like, a fun place. Also, Shoe Market. Way to stick around. Oh, my God. Shoe Market. Is that still there? Yeah. I oh, so yeah. many shoes there. I know. <laughs> and, of course, American Apparel. Oh, yeah. The American Apparel totally um god there was like it was really i don't know it was really fun for a while i have to say there were some very good times to be had by all and free pizza um, everywhere you went and so much free pizza let's bring that back okay <laughs> i guess alligator lounge is still around is there really <laughs> i read some article because it's they filmed some show there so now it's like having some sort of resurgence oh i forgot to mention daddy's of course oh yeah Oh, daddies. I, that's the only bar I've ever been thrown out of. <laughs> oh, what did you do to get thrown out of daddies? Um, well, I showed up wasted and sat down and ordered a pint of beer, which I immediately knocked over. And then I went, Uh-oh. and then I went to the bathroom and was just like in there for too long. Cause I was drunk, not because I was doing anything. Yeah. I was not doing drugs, but I guess the bartender thought I was. Um, so then the next thing I know, the bartender is like beating on the door, like get her out of here. Um, oh my and my boyfriend at the time had to get me out up there, <laughs> but oh I wasn't even doing drugs. No. I was just drunk, sir. That's and then we drove there home was... and I, we still lived in this giant loft right across the street from where Roberta's ended up being. Um, and we had got to the very top of the huge flights of stairs and I dropped my purse and it just rolled all the way back down the stairs, like open, like oh, everything yeah. fell out. Um, Yeah. Nice that time. <laughs> I remember one time, I just remembered one time being on mushrooms. We were leaving like this party that was like some performance base, like on Grand, no, on Union. Uh-huh. And oh, do you remember that place, Hope and Union? It was like a little brunch cafe on Union. It was like so delicious. I don't know if I remember that place or not. Okay. Hope and Union was another spot we would go to a lot. Anyway, uh, this place was on Union. My friends were like playing a show. We like took mushrooms and we went to Union Pool and I made my friend Ashley pee in her pants. <laughs> Lulu's <laughs> is the place in Greenpoint I'm thinking of. Oh yes, of course, Lulu's. Man, so many fun times. I'm sure we could sit and do this forever, but we've already lost our one listener. Like, <laughs> getting stressed out from listening to this. Um, okay, folks, we love you. And uh, we stand with you in your trauma remembering the early 2000s in Williamsburg. <laughs> and uh, yeah, I still have Bye. Bye. Life's a Banquet is powered by Simplecast. Thanks for listening to Heritage Radio Network, food radio supported by you. Keep in touch at heritageradionetwork.org slash subscribe.